When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He is part of SEN's Throwdown. He also happens to be the Australian Kangaroos coach and immortal as well. Mel Meninga, happy Wednesday to you. A bit of Ashes news there just to kick things off. Yeah, it was, Benny. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, very experienced side, if you if you want to sort of have my comment on it. Please very do. Experienced. Yeah, well, very experienced, obviously. So, I mean, uh, I know we're going to talk about origin and all those sort of things today. So, mm. I mean, obviously the selectors felt that you know, going into you know, pretty big cricket campaign pain, um, this year that um, obviously experience counts. So, you know, of the Dave Warners and the Steve Smiths and uh, you, you, and, and people like that. So, mm. um, yes, I forgot the name. That's no, no, that's right. I mean, when you know, I, could, yeah. I, was, yeah. I was naming them all and then I realised I've yeah. lost count and they've got 17-man <laughs> squad, then they're going to peel it back to 15-man squad. But, Mal, um, be, before we get stuck into rugby league, or thanks to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day, I, I want to get your opinion on this now that we've brought it up. A, a, as a yeah. coach, and we're looking at someone like David Warner, who we know is in the twilight of his career, he can still perform a role. He can still bat. They're talking, and we'll know more from George Bailey when he talks after 11, but they're, they're saying that he may only get one chance to, to prove himself, and that's in that test championship against India. Then they'll make yeah. a call on him for the Ashes. How do you approach that as a coach? When, you come, when you've got a player who, who has had great service for the country but just may or may not be there right at that point, how do you manage that? I have trust and faith in him. There's no doubt. Um, and I guess... The conversation, you know, if I was, you know, talking to someone of that ilk who were at the back end of their careers and probably struggling for runs at the moment, I would have the conversation around, um, we've got faith and trust, I believe in you, um, but you've got to give us something back. Um, So, I mean, obviously, he'll be under enormous pressure to perform, and that's what the international stage is like. That's that's just, you know, professional sport. Um, Anything you do in life is that you've got to perform, so... Um, that conversation obviously may have already taken place. And, um, you know, Dave will be working his butt off um, to mm. make sure that um, he repays the faith uh, when he goes to you know, in the middle of the ground and, and bats. Do you try and take the pressure off a player? Because uh, I'm, I'm sure they're well aware of the pressure they're under. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you try um, and diffuse that? Well, you diffuse it by having the, the conversation early about where he actually sits mm. in, you know, the team environment. So... Yeah, I mean, it's pretty critical that he he, he plays a, a really critical role in the team, obviously not only with his opening bat, but also from his leadership point of view. And obviously there's great value in having him off-field as well as on-field. So, um, yeah, those conversations come up early and then it's down to the player. The player, and David's, you know, handled pressure enormously, you know, over his whole career. So um, he's certainly got the where for all to, you know, to get through it all and build that mental toughness, certainly have the mental toughness to get through it all. So he's just got to work hard. And there's no really 
other re- other thing that you can do, you know, around your your performances is you know the harder you work, the luckier you get. That's why I love having chats to Mal Meninga. That's right, our guest every morning at Wednesday, 10 o'clock at this time, 13, 13, 55. If you've got questions for Mal, you can text them through uh, as well. Now, Mal, that, that'll segue into uh, my next question because we've I've got a list here. I've got a list to cover. Um, <laughs> I but, know, yeah. <laughs> um, when it comes to selection in the rep arena, um, Billy Slater's got to make a call in about a month's time. And you've been there and done it before. And we know you've had Billy under you. I'm going to call him a Mal Meninga disciple because he has learnt from the best when it comes to a fullback position for Queensland. Ponga v Walsh. Yeah, where would you go? Oh, it's, it's it's a great question, you know, honestly, because um, you know, Carlin, Carlin's obviously struggling at the moment, um, but he's back this week, which is fantastic. Ironically, playing his hundredth game against the Cowboys with mm. the club—that's the club he actually started with. So, um, I, I, I'm again, I'm a I'm a believer in. In um, you know, giving people opportunity to, to keep going, he's the, the, the incumbent. Um, if he comes back and plays well, um, obviously he doesn't. We get through it. We keep all fingers crossed that he doesn't have any more issues. HIA, but he's he's talking confidently at the moment. I mean, he was the man of the match. I just think that um, it's in our DNA, the Queensland DNA, to keep on you know, to pe- to pick players that have done the job before. And I think think Kalen's in the a front runner, you know, spot over Reese. You know, Reese has put enormous pressure on him, um, but he's only 20 years of age, uh, and you know, his future's in front of him. There's no doubt about that. Carlin's only 25, of course, but um, I just think it's Queensland DNA to pick players that have been there, done that, and and played really well. Can you find, or would you find, a spot for Reese Walsh in your 17? I think he comes into squad. He's he's already been there before. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so yeah, he'd, he'd be around the, the group. There's no doubt with that. And then having, you know, Billy as the coach, um, who, you know, ironically played in the same position as Reese, it'd be a great learning opportunity for him as well. So I mean, Kevy would <laughs> would be enormously ecstatic if, you know, Reese was in the squad. Uh, but I see Carlin as the as the starting fullback. Uh, there's so many. Different scenarios that you know Billy's got to play out with the fourteen as an example. You know you maybe alluding to Reese playing fourteen, but I still like the the double hooker option with with Harry and and Benny Hunt. And Benny Hunt can play a number of positions, which is really good. I don't know whether Reese could play nine in that environment. You know, so he probably mm. could. He's talented enough, but I just still like the. And we go back to what we were talking about with the, the Australian cricket team around experience. I think experience is really crucial in big moments um, in, you know, in a game like, you know, State of Origin. So, you know, having that experience certainly helps you get through it a, a lot easier. I reckon you, you've nailed the right there, Mal, because we, we've seen throughout history that that's what Queensland do. And, and you may not be in the best form. You, you may not even be the best player in your position. But if you have been there and done it before, yeah. we see time and time again. I mean, Dane Gagai is, is someone that you love and someone who's been part of the Queensland setup. but on, on club form, you, you're never picking him for Queensland. I mean, oh, he's I, missed I, a, honestly. He's, but, he's missed but, the state of origin, Dane. He just, <laughs> yeah. he just comes out. He's playing really good footy for Newcastle at the moment. So, again, ironically, but he deserves to be in the team this yeah, year, you know. Year, so, yeah. But, you know, but, but DNA, that's the Queensland DNA. You, you go back to 1980, our, our captain was Arthur Beetson, you know, getting picked 
from Parramatta Reserve grade. Obviously, you know, he's had the, the runs on the board, you know, passionate Queenslander, wanted to play in that game, and he came out and, you know, killed it. So, I mean, that is their DNA right from 1980, mm. you know, for State of Origin. And there would have been many examples even prior to 80, you know, with, our, with the old Interstate Series. So, but from an Origin point of view, we talk about Arthur Beetson all the time and the feats of Arthur and his passion. Um, and how much he wanted to put that maroon jersey on. And that's our DNA, you know. So um, it started right at the beginning and um, it hasn't changed since. Let's continue our theme on rep footy. We've seen during the week that Jack Whiten has pulled stumps on rep footy at age 30. I know he was part of your World Cup set up. He's an integral part too. And I reckon Queenslanders were licking their lips game three last year when he wasn't picked because he was man of the match in game one for for New South Wales uh, last year. Yeah. Um, Do do you have any insight as to to what 30 just seems uh, He's one of my favourites, Ben. I, I liked him. You know, I like him a lot. Obviously, I live in Canberra. He's in Canberra. He's a Raiders man. Um, but he, he goes out and does a job for you, you know. So he's such an aggressive, competitive character. Um, he's big, um, you know. He's quick, you know. He's skillful, you know. So he's a he's an Origin player and he's a, a rep player, you know. So, um, but I, again, I understand his not a, it's not a dilemma, but his decision, you know. So it's been in the pipeline. The rumor mongering has been in the pipeline for a number of months now that you know Jack was going to retire from rep footy um, and he's doing it for the I guess the right reasons for himself he's at the back end of his career he just turned 30 um, he wants to sign a, a long-term contract which is probably his last contract I think we talked about this before he wants to win a premiership but he wants to spend more time with his family so he's obviously you know missing his family whilst he's away on on uh, rep duty as well so particularly with the Australian side we were away for long periods of time. So mm. with him, um, you make those decisions. Terry Lamb made a decision. Like he played every game in 1986 on the tour. Then after that, he, he didn't want to tour anymore. He didn't want to be part of any rep programs. Jamie Lyon's a good example. He, you know, he's wanted to, wanted to play club footy and um, you know, be with his family as well. So um, you know, players from time to time have that you know, notion that you know they've had enough. Um, he was saying, he's quoting the paper, he's happy and content with his blues jerseys and his, and his green and gold jerseys, you know, so he's happy he's, he's achieved all that. Well, one thing he hasn't achieved is, is um, you know, winning the premiership and wherever club he goes to, he wants to devote his, his time and energy to that as well as his family. So you can't criticise him. No. Um, you know, he's got legitimate uh, reasons. Um, and he even talked to Freddie about it all, you know, so he's got the, whom he's got the most you know, utmost respect for, which is, you know, it's, that's, that's Jack though. He, he fronts up, um, he confronts it and um, he talks about it and then he moves on. Conspiracy theory out there is that whatever contract's been put in front of him, a couple of them, one from the Raiders we know and the Dolphins are talking to him, that, that may have a clause in it that you do give up red football to, to play and solely concentrate on a premiership for us. Is that, is that even a thing in the game, Mel? No, is that not, something you've come across? No, no, no. no I mean, Coaches want players to play rep footy, you know, because it means they're playing really well. And if they're playing really well at club level, it means the team's doing really well. Uh, the other issue with is that, is that, you know, when they go play rep footy, they learn and grow so much and they can bring that growth back to the club, you know. So uh, coaches don't have that selfish attitude around, I don't want you to play rep footy. They want, they've got that unselfish attitude, well, you go do that because we know you're going to come back a better player and more likely a better person. And you get to understand 
um, the nuances of preparation and you know what other what your great great players are actually doing from you know, day to day, and that you pick up those sort of traits, those characteristics, and you can bring that back for yourself, but you bring that back for the people around you as well. You start leading by example um, because you've been in an environment that's successful. Yeah, I'm looking my lips as a Queenslander. They know Jack White, and we have to uh, tackle this year. 13 13 55 0467 736. Uh, the numbers you need if you want to put a question to Melmanega, have a thought about anything we've been talking about today, especially on Rep Footy. Uh, there is a question uh, from Pat at uh, the Valley SEN. Patty Welsh asked me to ask this one of you, Mel. He All said, right. um, Immortals. Oh, Earlier God. in the week, Sat, Scotty Sattler came on and said he reckons the next immortal has to be Lazo. With what he's done and achieved in the game, the impact he has had at every club he's gone to. And he, he's had some great players around him, especially in the halves, but they can't do what they do without Lazo. Three premiership or three different clubs, premierships with them. Should be, could he be the next immortal? Well, you're talking to the converted. Because you know, <laughs> I played I played with Lazo, you know, through the start of his career, obviously yeah. with the Raiders. Um I mean, it's, it's a fair argument because of all the success he had, and there's no doubt in my mind he's the best front row I've, I've ever played with and played against, really. I mean, Arthur Beats, I played with Arthur at the back of his career, and obviously that was an enormous, uh, respectful time for me, you know. So yeah. I grew a lot and learned a lot off Arthur, um, just the way he carried himself. Um, but Lazo, certainly, when you talk, you talk to anyone in the rugby league world, you know, Lazo would be number one. You talk to the the other front rowers that played alongside him or against him, or you know, you, and people that seen him play, they say he's the number one front rower that uh, that's played the game in their their experience. So, but then you got the Darren Lockyers. You know, my, my, my most respect for Darren and mm-hmm. Ronnie Coote. You go back a little bit further, Ronnie Coote and, Coote and what he did, played in eight grand finals, and you know, for two clubs, and you know, got. Great success rate, played for his state, played for his country. There's, a, there's, it's all, what is it? Subjective, isn't it? You know, around opinions and stuff. That's what makes. But there this are there are debate. some criteria. There yeah. are some criteria, isn't it? And do you do you know? Do you have an insight of, of when the next immortal will be named? No, I don't. I, yeah. No, I don't. But I do sit on do sit in, on the panel um, because of you know obviously uh, I've been. Honoured enough to, you know, to be to be named an immortal, mm. so I you know I feel very privileged. But in that privileged position, um, you know I get an opportunity to vote on that. But the names um, get presented to you, or do you throw them up? The names get presented to us, and then we we go you know towards um, you know, a ballot system where it all gets we might get a you know twenty or thirty or forty players, you know, wow. and it all gets wilted down into you know a selection uh, of you know maybe the the top three or something like that, and then, you know, then you, you vote on it, and then it could be one. And as shown in the last time they did the uh, the voting in, in um, 18, that they, they picked five, you know. So they went back, mm. traditionally went back prior to 1953 and um, got Daily Messenger and all those, and Dave Brown and those sort of guys, uh, Frank Burge, become, you know, immortals, you know. So it's not out of the realm that, you know, someone like Ronnie Coote can, is still available to be selected. And then you've got the modern-day heroes like a Darren, Lock, Darren Lockyer and, and Glenn Lazarus. When's your next meeting? They haven't They haven't, they haven't called you yet? <laughs> no, no, they haven't called. So, I mean, you're due, I don't know. 2018, you're due. That's fine. Yeah, true. Ago. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's, up to, it's up to the game about whether they want to, obviously, I mean, the Hall of Fame as well as part of all that celebration as well. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, we've got no word yet. All right. Before time gets away in a smell, I, I want to talk to you about what I kicked the show off with today, and it was around sin bins. I, yeah. I, I think the epidemic of sin binnings, which we're hearing about, we just need to calm our farms. They're, it's not as bad as everyone's saying it is. I think they're good for the game. And the reason being is the game has never been stronger. It's never been closer. It's never been more exciting. It's never been harder to pick. It's never been more unpredictable. And part of that, the fabric of that this year, have been sin binnings. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I, in, 90% of it I, I agree with. <laughs> ben, you know, so, but that was uh, really hard for you to game, say, wasn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah. Well, our, our game, our game is built on flow. You know, our game is built on built on uh, game rhythm, and we don't want to be stop starting all the time and, and yeah. going to the, you know, going to the, you know, the video up and doing this and doing that. So, just there's a balance in it all, and um, you know, and I, I think you know all the players, and I know all the coaches. I think well, we just want consistency in all the rulings. That's all. Um, you know. It does get frustrating if there's no consistency, and and what the repercussions of that is, well, you know, it is it can be fatal for teams. You know, if they get sin bin, I mean, you know, player player protection's fine. Um, you know, multiple infringements is fine. Professional fouls is fine. I, I just use the example on the weekend with you know Fasula Mali and his sin binning, and how crucial that was in the game, you know. Prior to that wish, whilst there's no doubt that he, he's tapped the ball, and of course I'm a Raiders, a, a Titans man, sorry. Mm. Um, he tapped the ball dead in goal. Um, they never got back to, you know, just uh, doing a replay and see if that happened. But ensuing that, you know, Tino gets in bin for, uh, you know, a uh, professional foul apparently, you know. So, um, I Ten just minutes too him. long? Well, for that, that incident, in my opinion, that was very minor. You know, I mean, he did get back 10 metres. Um, Ezra Man did run into him, but he kept on going backwards. He didn't make a tackle. Um, and then what he was guilty of was at the end of it all, yeah. um, he came in a bit late and pushed Man over, basically. And so that's a professional. F- that's a foul. That's a penalty. But do you get 10 minutes for that? No, not in my mind. You, you get a penalty and and um, you, get the, you kick the two points, which they'd kicked anyway. Uh, but in that 10-minute, period um the broncos scored you know 14 points so i just think that um they've got to use a bit of common sense i always say the best degree you can ever get ben is a degree in common sense <laughs> they're not that common you know, though Mel. Discret- <laughs> you got discretion referees have got discretion yeah. you know so common sense please you know but that wasn't how does that 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 affected the flow of play and that affected the game the outcome of the of the game, which was a great game. And the Broncos are coming back. I'm not denying the fact that Broncos didn't deserve to win. They did deserve to win. But it could have been a closer, you know, contest because of it. You're starting to make too much sense, Mal. What about that? Sorry. No, no, no. Do not do not apologize. That's <laughs> that's why we love talking well, to a, you. So it's about consistency of consistency and common sense, discretion. You know, so um, if we can get that right and that's all the referees need to do, um, everyone's happy. 13, 13, 736. They are the numbers you need. Mal, it's been a pleasure as always. Let's do it again. We'll put the gloves on next Wednesday. And, of course, we can catch you uh, on the throwdown, which is tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, big hour show yeah, coming no, up. Very enjoyable, actually. I really enjoy it. having a little hour conversation. It was great. Good. So, um, yeah, looking forward to you saying you don't enjoy this or...? 
No, I do. I'm just saying I'm doing it. You, you started the ad. You did the promotion. I'm just backing you up. Beautiful. Like I normally do when we when we talk. Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Mate, have a good week. Uh, we'll catch you uh, tomorrow here on ACN next Wednesday at 10 a.m. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab Inc. Protein, I-N-C, Protein Powering tomorrow today at 26 past 10.